this morning, I'm thinking about Christmas and singing. Um, I, think, I think it's kind of amazing that once a year, our whole culture starts to sing. Now, yeah, we're singing all year long, whatever your favorite tunes are on the radio, but around this time of year, we all pull out these old songs and we start to sing. Some of us call them Christmas carols. Some of us refer to them as holiday songs. You know, we are singing Christmas carols this morning, but uh, even, if, even if you're not a follower of Jesus, people and followers of Jesus love them too. We love those holiday songs. We love to sing about Jack Frost nipping at our nose. We love to sing about the reindeer with the red nose. We, we love to sing about Frosty the snowman coming to life and Santa Claus coming to town and walking in a winter wonderland. We sing. It's kind of strange, isn't it? There's no other time of the year quite like this where we sing. And no matter your reason for singing, there's no doubt that this is the season for singing. And I wonder, as I wander through this holiday season, is there something underneath all that singing? And I want to ask you, do you hear what I hear? Maybe, maybe there's a connection that I'm hearing, and maybe I'm wrong, but I hear our culture singing most at the time when we think and talk about giving most, because that's another strange thing. No other time of the year do we talk and think about and practice giving like we do during this time of year. We give and receive gifts more than any other season. We sing more together during any other season, uh, in, in this season, more than any other time of the year. Is there something about those two things that goes together? Is there something in the human heart that's built to respond with joy to giving and receiving gifts? Well, I think Jesus said as much when he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And he didn't say it wasn't blessed to receive, he's assuming that. He said it's more blessed to give than to receive. But what he's saying is giving and receiving gifts makes us happy. That's what makes us sing. So no wonder we sing so much at Christmas. And I think this is, this is interesting. Many Bible scholars believe that what Paul wrote in Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, that long sentence, 202 words in Greek. Many scholars believe that that is a song. It's a hymn of praise. It's, it's what's called a doxology. You know, at the end of our service, we sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Well, Paul says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. It's a doxology. It's a song. He starts his letter with a song. It's very much like when Mary received the Holy Child, received the Holy Spirit conceived Messiah in her womb. And when she learned that through her flesh, God would give himself in the flesh to save the world, she broke out into song. My soul magnifies the Lord My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. 
We call that Mary's song. And when Simeon received the newborn king into his arms that day in the temple, Luke says that Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God like Paul is blessing God. And Simeon said, My eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the presence of all peoples. They blessed God. He, he broke out in song. And that's what Paul is doing here in this letter to the church in Ephesus. He's saying to that church, and he's saying to our church, magnify the Lord with me, church. Let's together rejoice in God our Savior. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Paul is saying in Ephesians, okay, church, with Simeon, let us say that our eyes have seen the Lord's salvation in the preaching of the word about Jesus and in the promise of God's grace in Jesus. And let us show and tell this Jesus and his grace to all the peoples. Let's do that. Let's go tell it on the mountain. Ephesians 1, 3 through 14 is a song of praise to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. And we know this because there's a refrain or a chorus that's repeated three times in these verses. After a stanza about the Father planning our salvation in verses 4 and 5, in verse 6, the chorus rings out, to the praise of his glorious grace. And then after the second stanza about the Son purchasing our salvation in verses 7 to 12, the chorus rings out, to the praise of his glory. And after the third stanza about the Spirit being given to us as the promise that our salvation is our possession, in verse 14, the chorus rings out, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glorious grace, to the praise of his glory, to the praise of his glory. This is Paul's chorus of praise to God. And so this morning, as I read for us this doxology, this hymn of praise, this Christ carol. I want you to look. I, I asked Heather to print in bold type the refrain, the chorus. And when I read it, when we get to the bold print, bold print I want you to read it with me, okay? And so let's stand together. And we're going to hear the song that exploded out of Paul's heart when he wrote to the church about the gift of God's grace in Jesus. Hear the word of the God who loves this church from Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. Anybody get grace lavished on them yesterday? Some of us did. 
But God has lavished his grace upon us in Jesus, in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it, to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Now, I want to show you a picture. Maybe difficult to see, but uh, a friend of mine, this is my friend Jamie and his son Luke. And Jamie's wife posted this picture yesterday afternoon. Uh, this is their Sunday morning. Um, I don't know if you can see what's going on here. Let's, let's go to the next slide, which I, I zoom in a little bit. Can somebody tell me, what do you think has happened here? What, what, what happened to get us to this moment on their Christmas morning? Yeah, he was given an awesome gift. Something, some extravagant gift in Luke's mind <laughs> has, has made him explode into this embrace. And you can see, I mean, it looks, it looks pretty intense, doesn't it? I love it. Luke is spontaneously responding to the extravagant gift of his father. That's what Paul was doing in those verses that we just read together. That's what he was doing. He was, he was almost stumbling over himself, overflowing with this waterfall of words, trying to put on parchment the overwhelming joy he felt when he began to think about all that the Father had given him and us in the gift of Jesus. In Ephesians 1, 3 through 14, Paul was wrapping his words around his father's neck. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word blessed means good words. Say good words. He was spilling ink on a page like tears of joy were spilling on his father's shoulder. He was clinging with all he has to the grace and love his father has shown him in the extravagant gift his father had given him in Jesus. That's what, this is what Paul was doing with those words. And this is also a picture of what Mary was doing when the angel told her that she had been given and she would deliver God's greatest gift to the world. My soul magnifies the my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So the, for the rest of our 10 or 12 minutes that we have together, maybe 15, um, I'd like us 
to take time to magnify the Lord together this morning, to rejoice in Jesus our Savior and bless God for the gift of his Son. Why? Because as Paul told us in Ephesians 2, we were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God sent Jesus to be with us in human flesh so that we could die to sin with him, so that we could be made alive together with him, so that we could be raised to newness of life together with him, so that we could be seated at the right hand of our Father with him. And if he did that for us, then our response should be to run to him and embrace him with our hearts and our words and to praise his glorious grace. What he, what Jesus has done to make you a new creation is showing up in the works that he has planned from before all eternity for you to do, to show grace to the people he's put in your path. So thank you, Mountain Fellowship. Let me pray and then we'll... We'll taste his grace together. Father, um, we thank you. you. You've heard the testimony of your people. <clears throat> Many who have spoken out loud, but all of us have in our hearts words of blessing and praise for your glorious grace that you've shown us in Christ and through Christ in one another. We thank you and we praise you. And now we come to this table, um, which is a picture for us again of the grace you have for us in Jesus. That while we were dead in sin, you came, Lord Jesus, and made us alive together with you by giving your body and your blood for our sin and for the sake of renewing us and making us new. Would you now come by your spirit and help us to commune with you and with one another at your table to taste and see the grace of God in Jesus Christ for us. And then would you send us out to sing your praise like Larry said, whether we can carry a tune in a bucket or not, let our hearts sing your praise and let us go and tell of your grace on this mountain, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.